Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with a broad overview of the global financial markets, including a special focus on the Kenyan markets. And in order to deliver on this objective, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the domestic markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, this here is episode number 87 and as mentioned previously to commemorate the first anniversary of the Market Color podcast, I am in the process of writing a book that is focused on fundamental analysis and this will help our listeners to develop a better understanding of the global financial markets and in particular how economic data influences asset prices. A quick progress update on the book. The publisher has now commenced on a comprehensive edit of the manuscript, which they indicate will take about 30 days. Therefore, keep it locked right here, and I will continue to keep you posted on the progress. And now to this week's podcast where we are reviewing the performance of the global markets during the 51st week of 2023 and that is from Monday the 18th to Friday the 22nd of December. And without further ado, this is your host Jamu Huri and together let's dive right in. We kick it off in the United States where the Federal Reserve's preferred measure for inflation rose slightly in the month of November as it moved ever closer to the central bank's target rate of 2%. The Commerce Department reported on Friday that the core personal consumption expenditures price index, which excludes volatile food and energy prices, increased by 3.2% on an annual basis and by 0.1% on a monthly basis. Including food and energy prices, the headline inflation number was up by just 2.6% on an annual basis, which was the first monthly decline since April 2020. The annual inflation numbers are now signaling that inflation is making continued progress towards the Fed's target rate of 2%. The slowdown in the rate of inflation opens the door for the Federal Reserve to begin cutting interest rates in 2024. However, the timing of these rate cuts will depend on the inflation data over the next few months. 
And over in the United Kingdom, the rate of inflation fell much more than expected to hit a low of 3.9% in the month of November, which was the lowest annual rate since September 2021. Economists polled by Reuters had expected a modest decline in the headline inflation number to 4.4% after inflation surprisingly dropped to a two-year low of 4.6% in the previous month of October. The core consumer price index, which excludes volatile food and energy prices, came in at an annual rate of 5.1%, which was well below the forecast of 5.6%. The continued decline in inflation has raised the probability that the Bank of England will also begin to cut interest rates in 2024. However, just last week, the Bank of England maintained a hawkish stance as it kept its benchmark interest rate unchanged at 5.25% and reiterated that policy is likely to remain restrictive for an extended period of time. And staying in the United Kingdom, according to data released on Friday by the Office for National Statistics, the UK economy appears to be edging closer to a recession after the revised data showed that the economy contracted by 0.1% in the third quarter of 2023. In addition to that, the Office for National Statistics also revised its previous estimate of 0.2% growth in the second quarter and now confirms that the UK economy showed no growth in the second quarter of 2023. The gross domestic product data for the fourth quarter is due out in February and this will confirm whether the United Kingdom has fallen into a technical recession which is defined as two consecutive quarters of economic contraction. In the U.S. stock market, the S&P 500 rose on Friday, driven by a cooler inflation report, as all the major averages registered their eighth consecutive winning week, with Wall Street looking to extend its rally into the new year. The stock market rally was boosted by data which confirmed that inflation was on a downward trajectory as bond yields continued to fall and traders bet on rate cuts in the coming year. The broad market index gained by 0.17% to 4,754, whilst the Nasdaq Composite rose by 0.19% to 14,992, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average dipped by 0.05%, to 37,385. All the three major averages registered their eighth positive week in a row as the S&P 500 advanced by 0.8% for the week while the Dow added 0.2% and the Nasdaq jumped by 1.2% during that period. 
In the U.S. bond market, the yield on the 10-year Treasury bond closed out the week at just above 3.9%. And this was after the latest data report showed that inflation was cooling down. The yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury bond traded flat at 3.9%, whilst the yield on the policy-sensitive 2-year Treasury note fell by 2 basis points to 4.329%. The yield on the 10-year bond has declined by almost 1 percentage point since the end of October, and this has mainly been driven by rising expectations that the Federal Reserve would begin cutting interest rates as soon as March 2024. In the commodity markets, crude oil prices eased off on Friday, driven by expectations that Angola would increase its production output after leaving the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries. However, the price of crude oil still rose for the week on concerns that Houthi ship attacks would increase the cost of supply. In the meantime, maritime carriers are now avoiding the Suez Canal, which handles about 12% of world trade due to the attacks by the Houthi militant group, which says it's responding to Israel's war in Gaza. The price of Brent crude dipped by 0.4% to settle at $79.07 a barrel, whilst the price of the U.S. benchmark West Texas Intermediate crude this ticked lower by 0.5% to close the session at $73.56 per barrel. As mentioned earlier, both benchmarks were up about 3% for the week. Meanwhile, Marban oil, which Kenya imports, increased to $80 per barrel, and this was up from $75.13 the previous week. In the precious metals market, the price of gold hit more than a two-week high on Friday as the dollar and treasury yields dipped lower on rising expectations that the Federal Reserve will cut interest rates early next year. After the cooler-than-expected inflation report, traders are now of the view that the Federal Reserve will start cutting interest rates in March 2024. The markets are now pricing in at least 150 basis points in rate cuts during the course of next year. The expectation for aggressive rate cuts is driving up the price of gold as it reduces the opportunity cost of investing and holding this non-yielding asset. Consequently, the price of spot gold was up about 2% for the week to settle at $2,053 per ounce. We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets, and as is the norm, we start by looking at the domestic foreign exchange market, where the shilling continued to depreciate versus the major international currencies, but remained relatively stable versus the regional currencies. 
and according to data obtained from the Central Bank of Kenya, the official exchange rate for the U.S. dollar was quoted at 154.69 compared to 153.37 the previous week. However, in the interbank market, commercial banks were selling the U.S. dollar at between 156 shillings on the lower side to above 160 shillings on the higher side. Meanwhile, the sterling pound was priced at 195.83 and the euro was valued at 169.33. And on the regional front, one Kenya shilling was changing hands for 24.31 Ugandan shillings and 16.26 Tanzanian shillings. And to the Rwandese franc, it was posted at 8.11. On a year-to-date basis, the Kenya shilling has depreciated by more than 20% versus the U.S. dollar. And given this current trend, I expect the shilling will continue to depreciate for the foreseeable future. And this is mainly due to the country's excessive national debt which now stands at above 70% of the gross domestic product and consumes about 65% of total revenue collections. And what that means is that for every one shilling that the Kenya Revenue Authority collects, 65 cents will go towards debt repayment. On foreign exchange reserves, during the past week, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves were flat at $6.71 billion, which is equivalent to 3.59 months of import cover. This level of reserves is in breach of the central bank's statutory requirement to endeavor to maintain at least four months of import cover. And in spite of the continuous funding received from both the World Bank and the IMF, Kenya's foreign exchange reserves remain under intense pressure, and this is mainly due to the increased cost of servicing our external debt obligations, which has pushed the country to the precipice of a sovereign debt default. On diaspora remittances, the inflow of remittances in the month of November 2023 totaled to $355 million, and this is compared to $345 million in November 2022, which was an increase of 2.8%. Meanwhile, the cumulative inflows for the 12 months to November 2023 This totaled to $4.175 billion compared to $4.02 billion for the same period in 2022, which was an increase of 3.8%. The United States remains the largest source of remittances into Kenya, accounting for about 55% of the total remittances that were received in the month of November 2023. In the money markets, the liquidity situation in the interbank market remained tight during the week as the average interbank rate increased by 105 basis points to 12.31% 
and this was partly attributed to the outflow of tax remittances that exceeded and offset the inflow of government payments into the market. The excess reserves held by commercial banks in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement, this declined from 17.9 billion shillings the previous week to just 3.8 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active as the average interbank rate increased from 11.26% the previous week to 12.31%. And the average value that was traded in the interbank market, this increased from 29 billion shillings the previous week to 33.3 billion shillings. In the government securities market, the weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 21st of December, and the central bank received bids totaling 20.8 billion shillings, against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance rate of about 87%. Interest rates on all the three tenors increased marginally as the bulk of the bids, totaling about 16.6 billion shillings, were concentrated at the short end of the yield curve, where the 91-day rate increased by 11 basis points, to 15.88%, whilst the 182-day rate inched up by about 5 basis points to 15.97%, and the 364-day rate ticked up by 6.7 basis points to settle at 15.9%, which is still lower than the 182-day rate for the second week in a row. For your information, one basis point is equivalent to 0.01% and therefore 100 basis points is equal to one percentage point. Please note that as interest rates continue to rise, investors remain focused at the short end of the yield curve because they can easily reinvest their funds at a higher rate every 91 days. And just by way of a reminder, in the primary bond market, the Central Bank of Kenya has published the prospectus for the January 2024 monthly bond issue and is looking to raise a total of 35 billion shillings through the sale of the following treasury bonds, whose terms and conditions are as follows. The first is a new bond issue, reference number FXD1-2024-03, with a duration of three years and a coupon rate that will be market determined. The second is a reopened bond, reference number FXD1-2023-05, with 4.7 years left to maturity and a coupon rate at 16.844%. These bonds are now open for sale until the 10th of January 2024 and the value date is on the 15th of January. Please note that the interest earned on these bonds is subject to withholding tax at a rate of 15%. 
In the secondary bond market, the turnover in the domestic market decreased by about 10% during the week. And in the international markets, the yields on Kenya's eurobonds were on a downward trajectory and declined by an average of 40 basis points as the yield on the 10-year eurobond, which matures in June 2024, declined by 50 basis points from 13.9% the previous week to 13.4%. At the Nairobi Securities Exchange during the past week, the equities market was on a downward trajectory with the NASI losing the most by 1.1%, whilst the NSC20, the NSC25 and the NSC10 fell by 0.2%, 0.5% and 0.7% respectively. This takes a year-to-date performance to losses of 28.5% for the NASI, 11% for the NSC20 and 24.7% for the NSC25. The market's performance was driven by losses recorded by large-cap stocks such as Bamburi, Equity Bank, and Safaricom, which declined by 7.8%, 4.8%, and 3.9% respectively. These losses were, however, mitigated by gains recorded by other large-cap stocks such as Kenya Commercial Bank, Standard Chartered Bank, and East African Breweries, which increased by 14.4%, 3.1%, and 2.7% respectively. Up next is our topical issue, and this week we are looking at the proposed budget policy statement for the next financial year. Despite previous tax increases and the rising cost of living, the government still plans to raise an additional 362 billion shillings from Kenyan taxpayers in order to fund its budget for the next financial year which is set to exceed 4 trillion shillings for the first time in the country's history. The draft budget policy statement for the next fiscal year that starts in July 2024 shows that the Treasury intends to increase the budget to about 4.2 trillion shillings, and this is up from 3.9 trillion shillings for the current fiscal year. The Treasury Cabinet Secretary projects that ordinary tax revenues will increase to about 2.96 trillion shillings, driven by the ongoing reforms in tax policy, as well as revenue administration measures that are geared towards expanding the tax base. Meanwhile, the budget deficit is miraculously projected to decline by 14%, from 815 billion shillings, which is the estimate for the current fiscal year, to about 704 billion shillings for the next financial year. The Treasury plans to finance this deficit by raising 378 billion shillings from the domestic market, whilst the balance of 326 billion shillings will be financed from external sources. 
However, due to the increased cost of borrowing, the government will continue to monitor conditions in the global financial markets before accessing funding for any liability management operations. In the draft policy statement, the government also indicated that it would explore alternative sources of financing, including climate change financing options, subject to a favorable macroeconomic environment. The Treasury will be looking to maximize on concessional loans, whilst commercial borrowing will be limited to economic enabler projects that do not qualify for concessional financing. In the proposed statement, the budget for the executive arm of government will be capped at about the same level, that is at about 2.44 trillion shillings, whilst the parliamentary budget will increase by about 2% to 41.6 billion shillings, and the budget for the judiciary will rise by about 4%, to 23.7 billion shillings. Meanwhile, expenditure on priority payments under the Consolidated Fund Services, which predominantly comprises debt servicing costs, this has been raised by 37% to 1.2 trillion shillings. And last but not least, the equitable share of revenue for the 47 counties is proposed at 402 billion shillings, which is an increase of 4.2% compared to the estimate for the current financial year. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening and supporting the Market Color Podcast And I hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. I really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. And for your information, the Market Color Podcast is now available on all the major hosting directories. That is Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, as well as Amazon Music please consider subscribing so that you can be notified every time I publish a new episode. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhuriji at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. Once again, thank you for your continued support. And I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And in the meantime, I take this opportunity to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas and a blessed and fantastic 2024. And remember the reason for the season and do something special for somebody else. Think about it. Thank you and God bless.